have been, or rather last week we started the, the series on Jericho must fall. But this is something I have had on my heart for quite a while. Because like I said, as believers, most of us here were saved. Most of us here filled with the Holy Spirit. You study the word, you know God. You know God, you're following him. And you're really doing the best that you can. But then it gets to a point where you realize that you're not exactly where right now, where God wants you to be. You've been saved for a long time, you've been following God, but you know that you know that you know that you could be better. And so the Bible says that I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And we found out in the scriptures that if our minds are not renewed, if we don't do things differently, if we don't begin to think like Christ, if we don't begin to do things the way the Bible says to do it, and we don't follow those things, that it's so easy for us to be saved, but then we've left the wilderness and Jericho stands in our way and we don't get past Jericho into our promised land. So today I want to talk about the wall of fear. Destroying the wall of fear. Because if the truth be told, every one of us here, we have something that we're afraid of. We have something that is holding us in bondage. Because we are so fearful of one thing or the other. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. He says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the reason you have to stir up those gifts is for verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. And if you understand what a spirit is, a spirit has personality. A spirit can think. A spirit can talk. And God is saying here in the scripture here that God has not given us that spirit of fear. That spirit that manipulates your emotions. That spirit that puts something in your heart and watches to see how you will respond. To watch, to see how the word of God, how you are going to use the word of God to fight that seed he's put in. He puts that seed and he manipulates your emotions to see if you understand who you are in Christ. If you understand who Christ is in you. And if you understand that you have his presence with you at all times. That spirit is watching when he puts that seed in to see how you will respond. And if you respond negatively, opposite of what this Bible says, he latches onto you. And the spirit of fear is terrible. It's a horrible spirit because the spirit of fear paralyzes you. The spirit of fear puts handcuffs on you. And when those handcuffs are on, you are in a self-made prison. And so you see people, they are afraid to live. They are afraid to die. They are afraid to move forward. 
They are afraid to stay in one place. They are afraid to love. And yet they are afraid of being lonely. Can you see the contradiction? And so you just find yourself in a prison. And as the Bible says, the wall of Jericho, when it's up, nothing good goes in and nothing good comes out. When you are held bound with fear, that is the life that the believer lives. And so you see people with gifts can sing. When they pick up the microphone, can sing. But they are afraid to sing because of what people, the fear of what people will say. You have a business acumen. You can think and start this business and flourish. But you are afraid of failure and so you never try. You can preach. You know God has anointed you. You know it. You know that you know that you know that you have an anointing on your life. But you are afraid to open your mouth. And so you never go and become all that God wants you to be because you are just bound, held down, chained down by fear. This spirit is horrible. That's what we are going to break today. That's the spirit we are going to get loose of today. After service, we are going to sing the song, I went into the enemy's camp. You all know that song? Are you all ready to dance? Yeah, we are going to stomp on that Satan, that spirit today. We are going to go back to his camp and take back every joy he stole from us. We are going to, every piece he stole from us. We're going to go back and we're going to take it back. And that wall is falling today. You're going to stomp on him and say, you're not going to take anything more from me. In Jesus' name. Fear has taken enough from us. Fear of being sick. Fear of disease. We're so afraid. You get a mail. You're afraid to open the mail. You are in your house, a little noise. You are alone, you are afraid. Fear, fear, fear. And that's the number one thing. Luke chapter 21, 25 and 26. It says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, and the sea, and the waves roaring. Isn't that what we are saying now? Look at what it says in verse 26. Men's heart will fail them because of fear. And the expectations of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Men's heart are failing them because of fear. People are actually dying early. Heart attack, stroke, you know that. Because of anticipation of what's going to happen that hasn't happened. Isaiah 43 verse 1. It says, But now thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, O our fellowship, fear not. Fear not. And why? I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. God knows you. God has a plan for you. God is with you. And we're going to look at what the presence of God can do to eliminate fear from your life once and for all. God knows who we are. God has not left us alone. He says you are mine. And the Bible says what is the Lord? If he takes hold of you, you can never fall. He's always with us. 
And so Psalm, in Psalm 23, David says, I may go through the shadows, I may go through the valleys, but I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff is not to beat me, it's to fight for me. Hallelujah. The number one fear that we all have is the fear of death. And see what the Bible says about that fear. In Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 and 15. It says, Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself shed in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That's Satan now. And look at what it says in verse 15. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime, all their lifetime, subject to bondage. God is telling us that if you don't realize what Jesus did for you, if you don't realize that he came in this flesh and he died so that you don't have to die, if you don't understand that concept, if you don't have a revelation of that, for all your life you'll be subject, he says that, to bondage. We are so afraid of death that we seem to forget that this is not all, this is not it all. This is not, this, it doesn't end here. We know what the Bible says that we, he's going to build a mansion, he's going to prepare a place for us. We know it, but the enemy wants to make us believe that it's all here. I know there's the fear of unknown. I know that. But you have to conquer that fear. And so even if you pass through shadows, even if you pass through valleys, even if they say you have this, you have that, you take the word of God and you stand. And not only do you fight, but you know that the spirit of death has been conquered once and for all. That you are never going to die. You are never going to die. You will live forever if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So we're going to look at one thing about fear is that fear works the same way as faith works. But just in the opposite. Fear comes by hearing what the enemy is saying to you. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we will have to decide when that thing, that seed is dropped in our heart that we want to make us fear. We will have to decide if we are going to meditate on what that seed is telling us or if we are going to meditate on the word of God. Because the one you meditate on is the one that we manifest. Faith we tell you that all the evil things will happen to you. Faith or fear will tell you that all the evil things will happen to you. And faith will tell you that all the goodness of God will happen to you. Which one do we listen to? Faith will anticipate a good future and a hope that God has for you. Fear anticipates evil and bad things happening to you. Faith moves you forward. You step out and you do things even though you don't see how it's going to turn out, but you trust that God has your future and you step out by faith. You know what fear does? Fear puts you in the reverse. 
Because the more you meditate on what people say, the more you meditate on how things will go wrong, the more you meditate on how it's not going to work out, you find yourself moving backwards. So when faith pulls you forward, fear pulls you backward. That is the spirit of fear. That's what it does. So let's look at the ways fear. Because if you know how these things come into your life, then we know how to fight. How does fear come in? By what you hear. What you hear in your ears will bring fear into your heart. Let's look at the scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 13. This is how fear comes into our lives. In Deuteronomy 17, 13, it says, And all the people shall hear and fear. Just stop there. All the people shall hear and fear. So be careful what you allow yourself to hear. If you've always been given bad news by something, or if it's TV or radio or somebody, if all they do is put fear in your heart by what they are telling you, Cut it off. Because what you hear will cause fear in you. So beware of what you listen to. Beware of broadcasts you listen to. If you listen to bad news all the time, bad things, bad things, bad things, bad things, you'll become fearful. That's just, that's just natural. Number two, what you see. Number one is what you hear. Number two, what you see also. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 67. It says, In the morning you shall say, Oh, that it were evening. And in the evening you shall say, Oh, that it were morning. Why? Because of the fear which terrifies your heart and because of the sight which your eyes see. When you see the things that you are not supposed to see, it terrifies your heart. And so you can't sleep in the night. You can't rest during the day. They are showing people being killed. You are watching. Isn't that... You see things these days. You, people are... Instead of helping. I was watching. I remember one time. Was it in New York? This old frail woman was being beaten by young people. And some other ones were taking that thing, taking their phones, and they were recording it. Nobody was helping. I don't know if you all have seen that increase. People are being hurt. People are being killed. And instead of helping, people are actually photographing and and taking videos of it. I'm like, what is wrong with us? And so you're going around. Somebody comes near you and, and you're already scared. This person just wants to say hi. And you're scared because you don't know if you're going to be a victim. What you see. You don't have to watch all those things. I remember one time, during the terrorist thing, they were showing these terrorists, they put them or whoever they were killing, and they, were, they, were, they showed them kneeling down with their hands on their back. They were going to kill them, and then the next picture they showed was them killed, and they had their heads on their back. That didn't terrorize my mind for months and months. I think that was probably when I decided TV news. I just, I just watched it to get information, Headlines, I turn it off. Because I remembered how that thing, terror, I couldn't sleep. Every image I was seeing in my mind was people with their head cut off and the head put on their shoulders. 
And that is all over. If you listen to news, if you watch the news, do you ever see them putting somebody doing good thing? Have you ever seen it? All the good going on, have you ever seen or heard it being put in, put on TV or news? Why do you think so? What do you think is going on? It's a strategy of the enemy to put fear in us. You can't look at what the scripture says. In the evening you are saying, oh God. In the morning you are saying, oh God. Your heart is terrified because of what you've seen. And the devil loves publicity. Oh yes. He loves publicity. He will show you all the blood on the ground where that child was shot. And then you wake up in the morning, your child is supposed to go to school. You're so scared. You forget to even pray and anoint the child. Because of the fear. You see how fear can be a trap. The third thing is the thoughts of the heart. The things we think. Job chapter 4, verses 12 to 14. Now a word was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a whisper of it. In disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night. Do you know it's at night? I don't know about you, but it's at night. All those thoughts are magnified. In the daytime, it's not as bad, but when you lay down to sleep, it's caused them the disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on men, fear came upon me. And trembling, which may, <laughs> the scriptures know how to describe things that you've experienced, right? Came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. You are in bed, you, th- you started with one thought. Before you know it, it's gone. And then you are like, your heart is beating fast, you're shaking. It just started with one, one, one single thought that you didn't rebuke. That you didn't just say, I will fear no evil. Sometimes that's all you just say, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. But that thought, one thought starts. Maybe it's your child leaving for school and you said, give me a text. And they forgot to text you. And you start imagining all kinds, all kinds of things. I know I'm not alone. You all are looking at me. I know I'm not alone. If especially if you are mother here. That is what thoughts, if thoughts, we just, and what do you do? And I'm going to show you us what we do to rebuke these things, to live free of all these fears that we have, irrational fears. Fears that, you know, sometimes you, you put it, I remember growing up, my mother, oh my God. When we were going to school, we all went to boarding schools, Catholic boarding schools. When we were all going to school, she would go around the tires of the car. And be doing this on the tires of the car. And I'm like, to us, then now I, I can think, now I'm really trying to destroy this, this spirit of fear in my life. I used to think, oh my God, the tires. So in my mind, all through the time that, that car is going, for those two hours we're going to school, I'm just expecting that car, the tire to burst at any time. Because I'm thinking there must be something, the tire that is bad that she's checking. But what can a woman, how can you even tell? I mean... And so you grew up with that kind of a thing, and now you have children. They are going to school. Guess what you are doing? I know I'm not the only one that has done that. Thank you, sister. 
You see what I'm saying? Irrational. Irrational fear. And then you go in your house, you're doing this, you're praying, into, praying out of fear. Instead of speaking the word and saying, Spirit of fear, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That spirit has washed and saw how you responded and has come in. How many people have high blood pressure because of fear? Heart problems because of fear. Thoughts of the heart. Number four. This one is a big one. Opinions of people. Opinions of people. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25. It says, It is dangerous to be concerned with all, what others think of you. It is dangerous, little, to be concerned with what other people think about you. It is. It is. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. The message translation says, The fear of humans, human opinion, disables trusting in God. It disables you. The fear of human beings will disable you. It's amazing how many people today will be living rich, fulfilling lives if they were not afraid of the opinion of people. Their career, their gifts, like I said, there are people sitting down looking at me now, you have gifts. Talents, and you know it. But just because of what people will think, what will they say, they will criticize me. Listen, as long as you are a human being, born of a woman, they will criticize you. Right, brother? You do it right, they will criticize you. You do it wrong. Listen, we criticize the devil, right? People criticize Jesus too. You fall in between those two. So you are in good company. If you are a demon, you will be criticized, will be casting you out. If you are Jesus, crucify him, crucify him. So just, if you just settle that in your heart, that people will criticize you, people will talk bad about you, people will malign you, just accept it and break loose. Because you will never reach the, the height of what God wants for you. If you are, oh, what would they say? Oh, I don't look. Oh, I don't speak. Oh, I don't look. God has made you knew exactly what he put in you. Like I was saying the other day, God, when God made me, he knew I was a woman. And he knew I would be from Africa. And he knew I would have an African accent. But I know he had a call on my life. And I know that that call, come hell or high water, I'm going to fulfill it. So if you don't like me, no opinion of anybody will make me not do what I've been called to do. Mm -mm -mm. You see people, they can sing when they sing. I mean, I've been pastor 21 years now. You see some people, they open this scripture and you're like, oh my God, 
Okay, teach Sunday school or teach Wednesday service. Oh no, oh no, what will people say? I'm like, you're more concerned about what people think about you when God has blessed you, loaded you. Now you see what the, 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 the parable of the talents. Now you can understand why Jesus would be so mad when you bury what he's giving you because it's of the opinion of men. Opinion of men. People you could have affected. People's lives you could have changed. You're not thinking about those. You're thinking about what people think about you. You that God made in his own image, in his own likeness. He put that gift in you. So people now become more important than God is. And that opinion of others will put you in a prison, in a wall, as the wall of Jericho. Nothing good will come in. Nothing good will come out. And the bad thing is you will feel unfulfilled. All the days of... It's better to try and fail than not to try at all. And on your deathbed you are wishing, oh, at least I wish I tried. Try it. If it doesn't work out, you try something else. But not to try at all. Not to step out at all because of fear of people. That's ridiculous. Number five is rumors. Rumors. Jeremiah 51 verse 46. says, do not panic. Don't be afraid when you hear the first rumor of approaching forces. For rumors will keep coming year by year. Last year was that there will be no food in America in the next three years. The other year it was something else. Uh, something is falling from the sky that will come in 2021. If you remember all of that, something fell off and was coming to destroy the whole earth. It says violence will erupt in the land as the leaders fight against each other. Is that not what we are saying? Always rumors. Something is going, this is going to happen. This thing is going to fall and destroy. Oh, uh, the, what's it called? The nuclear weapons. They are going to just turn that thing and fry everybody. Year after year, you hear one thing or another. And so fear grips you. So because of that, I don't want to go to school. Oh, because of that, I don't want to start the business. Oh, because of that, I don't want to start the ministry. Oh, because of that, I don't want to get married and have children. What if I have children and I can't raise them and they kill them? Oh, and the enemy will know how to put, I'm telling you, he will keep putting things in your hand. Oh yes, keep going. Because what he's do, doing is he's locking you really good in that wall. So how do we defeat fear? How, knowing all these ways that fear comes in, how do we defeat fear? Number one, you must have a... And a deep, not just a regular understanding of what everybody understands. You must have a deep and personal knowledge of the love of God for you. You must be convinced that God loves you. Because if you understand that, that God loves you, you won't have anything to fear. Because if it's on this side, He loves you. If he's on the other side, he loves you. So whether you live, whether you die, the love of God is everlasting, right? First John chapter 4 verse 18. It says, there is no fear in love. 
But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You know I used to think perfect love casts out fear was referring to the love that I have for God. No. The love that I have for God is not perfect. Some days I'm hot. Some days I'm cold. But the love of God for me is perfect. And it's on full force all the time. The Bible says God so loved the world. He says, behold the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He says, if God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how much more will he not give you everything that you ask for him? If you understand the love of God, fear will not have a place in your heart. Fear will not have a place in your heart because you can say, okay, okay, this thing is coming against me, but I know God loves me. I know he loves me, me, me. I know that. And so, whatever is coming, I'm okay with it, whatever it is, because of his love for me, I know if he allows it, there's good coming from it. And so I don't fear. I'm I'm not afraid anymore. Because I know what the love of God is to me. Amen? The second thing, because I want us to pray, so we're going to pray today. The second thing is the knowledge of God. This is important. Like I said, when the enemy comes against you with the spirit of fear, he's trying to know three things. He's trying to know if you understand who you are, and how he understands if you know who you are is the knowledge that you have. Let me give you an example. If you tell me now, put me in front of a plane or on the cockpit, and says, okay, I want you to fly this plane, I will be so afraid because I have never flown a plane before. I don't know anything about planes. But you put me in a kitchen and give me ingredients to make jollof rice. You all know what jollof rice is? Jollof rice is an African... <laughs> Jason, I need to make some jollof rice a moment for you. Yes, yes. You put me in a kitchen and give me ingredients for jollof rice. I'm going to go in there with so much confidence and whip up that thing and I'll be licking your fingers in two hours. Why? Because I know how to make jollof rice. But I don't know how to fly a plane. It's the same thing. When the devil comes to you, he wants to know what you know. Do you know what the Bible says about you? Do you know what the enemy says? That those that know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. Do you know that? What do you know about God? That's what he wants to find out. Your knowledge of God is what gives you confidence. To face whatever you have to face in life. The knowledge you have of the word of God is what gives you confidence. Anyone you see that is shaking in the face of trouble, they don't know the word of God. They really don't. I know that all things work together for good. Because I've been called according to his purpose. And so I know that. So when the enemy comes, I'm like, okay, it might be painful. I might cry. I, I, I probably would be a little bit distressed, but I know that I know that I know that these two will work together for good. And so why do I need to be afraid? I know that. That God is with me. That God loves me. Amen? Amen? Your confidence, your confidence must be 
in what you know about God. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? How will you have grace? Not just, again, scripture, multiplied. Multiplied, excessive, multiplied grace and peace be unto you. The only way you can have grace that is multiplied, the only way you can have peace that is multiplied is where? Read it. That's it. That's it. You can't find it anywhere else. You cannot find it anywhere. You can find it in talking. You, can find, you cannot find it in crying. You can't find it in having a self-pity party. You will not find multiplied grace and peace anywhere else. The only way and the only place you will find it is here. Take the word of God and you eat it. And you regurgitate and you eat it. It becomes part of your fiber. It becomes part of your life. And so when the enemy comes and the pressure is put on, guess what comes out of you? The word of God. Hallelujah. Number three, and I'm going to stay here till the end. Because there's a lot of things I'm going to bring on this one. The presence of God. The presence of God. Sometimes you know that God loves you. Sometimes you have the knowledge of God's word. But knowing that he's with you, knowing that he's with you, his presence is with you, just like mama is sitting right there by my daughter, just to know that God is right there with you, that takes away every fear. That takes away every fear from you. Let's see what Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says. It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord God, he is the one who goes with you. You're not alone. You don't see him with your physical eyes, but he is there with you. And the Bible says he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. And so even as God sends you to do whatever it is, He says in Luke chapter 10 verse 3, He says, go your way. Just go. Why? He says, I am sending you. And He said, I'm sending you as lambs among the wolves. And He says in Matthew 10 16, He says, behold, I send you as a sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, you would think, and I'm going to come to what where I'm bringing these scriptures, you would think if God is with you, or if God is sending you sheep, why sheep? Sheep are the dumbest animals. They are not smart. They are very timid. They don't follow directions very well. I would want God to say I'm a lion. I want God to say I'm a gazelle. I want God to say I'm an elephant. At least elephants are big. I can use my size to intimidate the enemy too. Lions, they roar. And when they roar, all the animals freeze. A gazelle is very elegant. So when the enemy comes, I can 
skip away quickly. No, but he calls me a lamb, a sheep. An animal that's very stupid. That doesn't have a lot of sense. That sees danger and goes in there. And put his head in there. When they are drinking, sometimes because of the wool, when they are drinking, they just they fall and they can't turn themselves over. When a lamp turns on their, on, their, on their back, if their shepherd is not there to turn them right, they die of starvation. They, can't, they don't even have the sense to, to roll back and turn up. And God is saying that he's calling us sheep. Why? Then I remember Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. See, when David, David understood the presence of God, my sister. David understood because David had relationship with sheep. When he was alone in the wilderness, those sheep, when the one mama was pregnant, he was the one that helped that sheep, the baby, the baby lamb to come out, washed it. When that, that, that baby sheep was was not too, you know, strong, who carried that and put on his, on his shoulders. When in their foolishness run away, he will leave all the other ones that have sense to go and look for those the stupid ones that run away. So David understood the relationship he had with his own sheep. And so he could say, the Lord is my shepherd. And so you look at verse 23, verse 1, he says, the Lord is. The Lord is. It's not that he was. It's not that he's going to be. It's not that maybe. I'm not sure. He says the Lord is. Confidence in the presence that I may be a dumb sheep. I might be a sheep that doesn't know his way, that makes mistakes. But the Lord is my shepherd. And is my, 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 my. I don't know about you, but I know David says that the Lord is mine. That the God of the universe that owns me also allows me to turn around and own him as mine. He's mine. The one who created the stars in all the the galaxies. The one who calls each star by name. The great I am that I am. The great God of the universe would allow me to call him mine. He's mine. He belongs to me, Mama. He belongs to me. David understood that. Mm. These are the things you think about and you've come out and you're strong and you're bold and people think maybe you eat, you're always drinking coffee or you're, you have some stuff you eat. These are the thing, this, this is what keeps me right here. This is what keeps me. When I meditate on this, I'm like... He's mine. And he is. He is my shepherd. And then he says, He leads me. He leads me. Psalm 23 verse 2. He says, first of all, he makes me to lie down. He make, you know how to make your child to sit down? <laughs> my stubborn one here. <laughs> He's shaking his head. You know how when you have a stubborn child, and you say, sit. They're like, I say, sit down. And you take them and you make them sit. You sit down. He says, the Lord does that to you. 
When you're afraiding, when you're anxious, when you're confused, when you're fearful, because he knows you as his child, he makes you sit down. And where does he make you sit down? Read it. He doesn't put you in a dry place. He doesn't put you in time out with no toys to play. He puts you down and says, sit down, but he makes sure where you're sitting is in the theater. Where you're having fun, where there's goodness, where there's green pasture. That's the God that I know. So why am I afraid? Even when he sits me down, even when he's punishing me per se, he still makes sure he does it where I'm not hurt, where I still have abundance. So even when he's, he's pruning me, still abundance there. And then he says he leads me. He's not pushing me. When you push somebody, you're behind them. But when you're leading somebody, you're in front of them. And when he's leading you, the reason why he's leading you is because he wants to make sure the way is clear for you. That's the presence of God. That's what God does. So when he's leading you, he's be, be, you are behind. He's not in front of you pushing you. There's a big difference between pushing somebody and leading somebody. The Bible says he leads me. And where does he lead me? Beside still waters. Remember what I told you about the sheep? When they go to drink, they just see water. They, are not, they just go in to drink. And sometimes if the water is rushing and if the waves are too big, they just fall in. But the shepherd knows where he leads you. He's looking for where the water is very still. He's leading you and looking for where, oh no, the waves are too strong here. The currents are too strong here. Oh, it's too turbulent here. Okay, baby. It's still here. Come on. Come and drink. That's what the presence of God does for you. He won't lead you into what will destroy you. So even if you see it as turbulent and he sees it as still, you go and drink. You're not going to drown. You're not going to die. That's what he does. He leads me beside still waters. He leads. He doesn't push me. And he puts me beside still waters. And then Psalm 23 verse 3 says, He restores my soul. We all know how our souls can be. Our souls can be all over the place. We are tensed up. We're anxious. Even sometimes we are fearful. But he says he restores you. Everything the enemy takes, he brings it back and gives it back to you. Because he's with you. And then he leads you in the path of righteousness. Gosh. When he's leading you in that path, it's a very straight and narrow path. It's not a broad road. It's a straight and narrow path. So as you're going, you do something and you come out, guess what? He will push you back on that path. So you don't even have to worry. Because he knows it's a path of righteousness you're walking. And that sometimes you might, you might step out a little bit. But because he's leading you, he makes sure he leads you in the path of righteousness. Do you know that's why as a believer you can't, you can't sin and be happy? Because when you do anything wrong, you've come out of your righteousness. The Holy Spirit keeps doing that until you fall back in line. That's because of his presence with you. Amen? Amen? Amen. And he says, this one I love, that says, though, yes, though I walk through the shadow of death, 
through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Give me, two, give me five minutes to do this. You see my shadow right there? If I put my shadow on my, I wish my shadow could fall on my son. And I do that. But that shadow not slap him, but you see him moving? If I take my shadow and I punch somebody in the gut, it's my shadow punching the person. Do you see them doing that? No, it's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. There's no substance to it. It's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. It's just an impression. But the enemy makes us think that that shadow is the real thing. It is not. It's just a shadow. And so when you're walking in that valley, and valleys are deeps, your deep time, the times when things are not going well, when you're in the, in the valley, there's no sun. Sun doesn't reach there. It's cold in there. It's barren in there. And then you're in that valley, and then you also have shadows. And he says, he says, don't be paralyzed. Don't be paralyzed. You're walking through it. He says, I walk through it. I walk through it. You're not standing. You're going to walk through it. Because it's just a valley and it's just a shadow. Because remember, you're really never going to die, right? You're not going to die. He says, it's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. I will fear no evil. Even as you're walking through that, and those shadows are like this, trying to put fear in you. You know how you see all those shadows? Doom, doom. And you see the shadow before you see the person in those movies. It's just a shadow. You keep moving. You keep walking. The shadow is nothing. It's just an impression. It's no substance to it. And it says, I will fear no evil. And guess what? It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is that rod and that staff? I told you all before, we always thought that rod was to correct us. No, 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 no. He's saying, I'm in front of you, let the shadows come. If anything tries to stop you or to make you not walk, I'm going to take my rod and I'm, my staff, I'm going to fight for you. Let me tell you something, don't fight a man who is carrying God with them. Don't fight a woman who knows about the presence of God because you are putting yourself in trouble. Because God, the Bible says, God says, this is not your battle, let me fight. And when God is fighting for you, anybody that tries to touch you, we get the rod of, we get some beating from that rod. So you don't worry. When they come against you, when the enemy comes against you and want to fight you, as you are walking through that valley, as you are walking through the shadows, that rod will beat the living daylights out of them. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. That's one thing I want you all to say to yourself. Anytime fear comes and tries to overwhelm you, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Preparing a table before you, I don't have time to go into all of that, but the last thing I want to talk about is, it says in Psalm 23 verse 5, it says, you anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. When a sheep is anointed and oil is poured on the sheep, it's for two reasons. When they are eating the grass, 
Sometimes they are eating so fast, those blades cut them off on the sides of their nose, the sides of their mouth, and it could get infected. And so when the shepherd anoints their head, is to make sure those little cuts heal on time, will still be cut, you will still have, <laughs> uh-huh. you're still going to get some little cuts, but the anointing on your life prevents any infection, prevents any disease. So go through it, eat. And then secondly, when they go to eat, they see holes and they put their heads in, stupid sheep. And in those holes, sometimes there are serpents. So that oil is also a repellent. You see the love of a shepherd? So he puts that oil in you so that the serpents are repelled. So no evil can come near you. So the enemy can plan all he wants to plan, but the oil and the anointing on your life prevents anything to come near you. Because of who you are and who you carry along with you on this side of, on this side of heaven. So today I'm going to tell you guys, I'm not going to be able to finish, but it says, goodness and mercy. Goodness, it says, I'm leading you in the front. I have my rod, I have my staff to beat any enemy. You are right here, and I'm making sure that behind you, because I'm in the front, you have goodness, you have mercy. And so you're hemmed in. You are in the middle with him leading you with his rod and his staff. And behind you, on your right shoulder is goodness. And on your left shoulder is mercy. Goodness means everything that is good, that is lovely. God will make sure it follows you. And mercy means, well, she might not do it well all the time, but whatever it is, I still choose to bless her. That is the presence of God. So why are we afraid? Why are we afraid? If you have this, if you have an understanding of this. And so I'm going to have the musicians come. If you are here, I already did this dancing by myself. The, the song says, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. And it says, it's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Stand up, let's tell the enemy that this morning. Anything he stole from you, your joy, you're going to take it back. Your peace, you're going to take it back. Your finances, you're going to take it back. Your family, you're going to take it back. If you're here, you're dealing with the spirit of fear. I want you to come to the front here and be the one that is dancing the most. As you put that spirit under 